Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host once again, Joe Prano, here with another exciting co-host, the return of the great Matty Goldberg. Mr. Prano, what's up? Usually I'm, I'm paired with Andy Ruther, so it's always, it's always a refreshing, well, this is only the second time we've done it alone, so it's, it's, uh, it's always a fun time. We, Welcome back, we, everybody. We've done so. We've done one episode together, just the two of us. Yeah, way back in the day, before I even knew like the the uh, crazy cult of dirty sports, and uh, you know, I got my ass handed to me on Twitter. It takes a few <laughs> times to host for the uh, the dirt balls to get you, you know. So like, you know, I didn't know what I was in for, but uh, yeah, it's been five years, maybe six years. Well, Ruther is still in Cincinnati. He is, uh, as, as we talked about in last episode, his dad's in a bit of a struggle right now. So we're all thinking yeah. about Ruther and hoping the best for the Ruther family. But uh, I, had, I had Andy Lazarus come on last episode in a pinch. And mm-hmm. uh, then I thought about who would the Dirtballs like me to reach out to in these in these unprecedented times where Andy Ruther is unavailable to co-host. Who do I go for? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see what Maddie G is up to. Well that's the thing, because I think me and you we disagree on a lot of stuff, but we love each other. But you know, we do disagree on a tons of shit. So it could be fun. Yeah. Could be a disaster. It could be great. Well to get us started on the right foot. Yeah. I, I want to I want to say something that is not often said by Joe Prano in life or on the Dirty Sports podcast, but I owe you an apology. I was wrong. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Joanna Cespedes is an asshole and a piece of trash. And we I, argued about that years ago. We argued about that years ago. I, I still think, you know, theoretically, you know, you were always like, okay, he'll disappear for months, which is yep. like, he's, he's sort of the John Starks of baseball players. When he's hot, he's yep. hot. When he's off, he's off. And I think the Mets were fine with that. But then yep. like the disappearing for two full years because he's sh- shredding his ankle, riding a rodeo horse, and then opting out after the Mets lose two games in a row. Like he just – he just this year. I mean, that was it. What a disaster! Well, I'm just gonna say it's hard to compare him to John Starks because I feel like John Starks is a guy that gave his all. Like I don't think John Starks had that much talent. Right. He was a guy all grit. That like even if you went you know two for twenty in Game Seven, you knew like he gave it. You know he was giving his all. Like he was overachieving his whole life. Right. I think Cespedes had all the talent in the world. Uh. Me and my dad, we used to watch baseball. There was always guys that we felt like the last two months of a season turned it on during contract year. And I felt like that's what Cespedes did kind of to the Mets because he was awesome that year they, they went to the World Series. And then, I mean, he got, he got MVP votes in the NL, yeah. and he was there for a month and a half. And I felt like 
well, this is a little scary because he's been traded a lot. Some teams don't really want him. And when a guy really turns it on to get that contract, you always got to worry. And when he, he had a good year the year after, but after that, he just was not in it. And when he's playing against the A's and saying he wants their manager, I just think it's disrespectful. Like, it's, it, you can't say you want the other team's manager. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, and, and I agree with you on the Starks point, too. I, you know, I was talking more about just the stre- their streakiness. Yeah. But, but obviously, Cespedes, when he cares and when he was at his best, he was insane. He was so yeah, was good. All- but when yep. he's not, it's like, you know, when a guy just straight up leaves, it's a whole, like, the whole, it's different than slumping when you're just like, fuck it, I'm taking two years off. Yeah, it's kind of just like, I understand players who don't want to play for because of COVID, but the way he did it was so, you know, just like you're, you're playing a game and then the news is like he's missing. Like, what the hell is going on here? So, and it's, yeah, like, I mean, it really yeah. what it seemed like is he was trying to show that he still had something left and then he just wanted to skip a year again. And the thing about you, and I, I don't want to, in the fight with you but you, you you really take the yell so i i appreciate this and i i we're on the rundown you have kurt cousins later and i will when we get to him i will certainly take the l because i said he was the real deal yeah and we've done some <laughs> fights about it and uh i will take the l on that if, and, if that, yeah. and i was also hoping you were going to take the l now that he's moved on to tampa bay and you don't have to you're not required to defend him just to say tom brady's the dirtiest cheater in the history of dirty cheaters well, we have a hundred dollar bet about that, and I still hope I win that. And um, I we'll get to the Bucks later because it's on the run. That I'm excited about the Bucks. I am going to be a full fucking Buccaneer fan this year. Well, that's that's amazing and hilarious to hear. I will be watching every Buck game, just so you know. Just because you love Tom Brady. Yes. That's it. I love the man. Now, like, you know, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but just since you love Tom Brady, so, like, I want to talk to a Pats fan about, I've I've been wanting to know what the Pats stance on this is, like, don't you want a little bit, like, obviously, you're still rooting for the Pats to succeed without Brady. Yeah. Like, do do you want, do you want Pat, like, Patriot success definitely pulls the curtain back on Tom Brady. Like if the Patriots win 12 games this year, it yeah, it, it definitely tarnishes Brady a little bit. But I here's my thing. I really think they're going to tank the season. I think Belichick's smart enough to know that this season's a mess and it's better off to tank it. I don't even know if Cam Newton will will will, will make the team because you know why? He gives them the best chance to win. And I don't know if he wants to win this year because he knows he can get a really good draft pick next season. But why I sign think, him then? I, that is a good point. But I don't know because they're still like, they still haven't decided who the starting quarterback is. And like, you know, Cam Newton's an MVP quarterback and you're ready. You, he's, in a, he's in a quarterback, uh, what's it called? Fight with, uh, was it Jared Stidham? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, you know, Cam gives him the best chance to win. I don't know if he wants to win this year because unless unless, unless uh, Belichick's on some next level shit where he brings in Cam Newton and then doesn't play him just so Cam Newton blows up the locker room and they like he almost sets up his own tank. I don't know. I I I I'm not. I don't think. I'm just going by like how crazy Belichick is. I think he wants to tank the season. He also the what's the middle linebacker's name that's really good? 
I'm drawing a blank. That that's that's out or that's playing. He's not playing this year for the Patriots. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's super valuable. I'm sorry, I, names always escape me. I suck with names. We do, but we do when this you all lose the time him, on the Dirty Sports Podcast, it's fine. Yeah, when you lose him, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 who knows what's gonna happen with them. But as far as the Bucks, it's it's kind of that. Remember when the Eagles had the dream team? Yeah, <laughs> and it went nowhere. They yeah. kind of have this, like, either they're going to be really good or they're going to be dream team bust. I just feel like they're going to be a slightly better than the Bucks. Like, I feel like they're just going to be like a 9 or 10 win team, which, okay. is just basically, which is just basically the Bucks minus Jameis Winston throwing three games away. Like, or, or, you know, or even 11 wins. But, I, like, the idea that they're going to go 14 and 2 and go to the Super Bowl, to me, it's like – Okay, we'll see. I mean, I actually do like – I guess we could just jump into that. We'll, we'll circle back to the NBA, but I guess we yeah. could just jump into Fournette joins the Bucs. What, what do you think of that now that you're a Bucs fan? Well, now that I'm a big Bucs fan and I, I want to go back to the cream schools because those are the best uniforms of all time. I 100% um, agree. You young kids with the orange and the, and the Buck guy with the, the sword in his mouth. Like, I used to stare at that as a kid. And uh, that was really exciting to look at. And I just would stare at that Buccaneer. And I Steve Young, Doug Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Vinny, Vinny T. They went through a lot of quarterbacks that that weren't good. They even tried Trent Dilfer, and they thought he was going to be the future. And then they won the Super Bowl with the great Brad Johnson. But uh, what was the question again? Fournette to the Bucks. You like it? Oh, yeah. I love it. it, it it's kind of like what they're doing. Is it's like any team. It's almost like uh, an NBA or baseball team that's a contender and any kind of veteran that has, like, a little left. Tom, Brady, to Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's the LeBron. He's got that LeBron factor where, like, every vet on their last legs is, like, we'll just show up and try yeah, to – Yeah, and I know you hate the Bulls, but I remember, like, when John Sally – joined the Bulls and he was like an old man and he was like, I'll give you 10 minutes of like just hitting other guys on the other team. Yeah. Like kind of like that. So Fournette, you know, he's three years in, I don't know why the Jags cut him. Uh, maybe it's money shit. Maybe he was a, I don't know. Some people say he was bad in the locker room, but obviously, you know, Tom Coughlin said he was on time, which is, which is five minutes late. So he's out. Jeez. No, it's, it, it's like, you know, Garrett Blunt was was a troubled dude, and he was great with the Patriots. He was great with Tom Brady. He was – remember, he punched a bunch of guys. Yeah. So, like, I think Fournette will fit in fine. And, again, like, you know, the, the, the Bucks are kind of, like, just adding these veteran guys, like, saying, hey, man, you know, let's make a run for it. We only have, like, maybe a two-year window to do this. So, you know, guys will probably take less money to go there the next two years who are like chasing that, that ring. So, so what's your, so since you're a big Bucks fan, what's your prediction? How many games do you think they win? How far do they get? You're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going 12 and four and they're going to be in the Super Bowl versus the chiefs. And I can't <laughs> I, I think Mahomes is the man you laugh at me, but don't doubt my Tom Brady. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You Patriots fans. You're unbelievable. I, 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 I got to say, you know, chicken and egg. I know you're a Belichick guy, but chicken and egg, I go Tom Brady. No, I mean, look, you can't – there's there's no doubt about it is 
Belichick needed a guy that it was a it was a brain system. Like I mean, yeah. we all saw we all saw Tom Brady's draft pictures and video. Like the guy uh, is not a sick. super is not a super athlete. He doesn't have the biggest yeah. arm. He doesn't have anything. Yeah. He's splitting time at Michigan toward the end. Uh, you know, like he needed a guy who could comprehend and run his offense. Tom Brady mastered it and then took it to a next level. They evolved yep. together. No, I have never shit on Tom Brady's legacy. I'm just saying that you put Peyton Manning on those Patriots teams. I don't think they lose a game for a decade. No, that's fair enough. I mean, Manning was pretty goddamn awesome, but you know, Drew Bledsoe was an average quarterback. He was kind of not studying. He kind of got lazy. You know, with Belichick, he was 5-13 and 13 with Drew Bledsoe. People weren't going to fire Bill Belichick. And when Brady came in, like, I had no hope for him. I mean, you know, I, I got to be honest. It was just like the season's over. It was a weird year. It was, it was 9-11, so I was in New York, and you were in New York, and it was, you know, football was kind of on the back burner and shit, you know. But I just was like, oh, what a terrible season this is going to be. And then next thing I know, they, they, you know, they start winning games. And I'm like, this kid's pretty good. He's got, you know, I didn't know he was going to become what he was. But I was like, he, he motivates people because he's so into it. And he kind of gave the team a spark. And then, you know, I just. I become... he, start, he starts kissing them all in the mouth. He starts. Yeah. You know... He gets in a room with Belichick. They start hatching plans on you how know, to You know, the see. thing with the kissing the sun, I mean, some, some people say it's like like pedophilia, and then some guys say it's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I kiss my son too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't know, but. I mean, look. It what, was a little long. I'll give you that. What you do with your kids is like whatever. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, the fact that he was, like, laying down, having a massage, and the kids got to, like, lean in and give him a kiss. Well, it's it's not like he kissed kid. him on the way to school. The problem with that, too, is, like, that video is highly edited. Like, I'm not into the Tom Brady TP12 bullshit. I don't – his documentary was garbage. You know, it's just, like – it's, like, a commercial form. It's not a real documentary. I mean, we can say that about, you know, I know right. you hated the, the Last Dance. and I, I love The Last Dance. It was just a okay. propaganda film. That's fine. And, and, and so I'm not, like – you know, there's this idea of, like, what is a documentary? Because obviously Jordan knows like what's going to be added and Tom Brady knows what's going to be added. So you have a chance to edit that and you might be like, Hey man, my son and I kissed a little long. Maybe you can uh, edit that shit out. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, well, well, look, we'll, we'll come back to the NFL. We've got a couple of yeah. other sto uh, NFL stories, but not that, that don't have quite the, uh, the headline power as a lot of what's going on in the NBA. So let's get to the NBA. The big, big news of the morning. Old yep. floppy hair Canadian, my guy, Mr. Steve Nash, will be yep. the new head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. How do you now, feel? Why about are people, my question to you, you know more about basketball than me. I'll be the first to admit that. Why are people so, it seems like it's a very controversial move, and I, I don't get it because he's always seemed like, a teammate that all his teammates really love, which is really important. And, you know, I was reading this morning just, like, point guards or coaches like catchers or, or managers in baseball. Like, why would this not work? Correct. Um, I don't know. And honestly, I – well, I think there's reasons why it, it might not work. But I don't know why it's controversial because 
like you said, this, this seems to be right out of the new head coach playbook. Get it, get an old point guard. Um, but he, and also he was an assistant. He's been, he's, he's been on staffs. Um, I think, I think maybe this is controversial because it seems like it came out of nowhere. Like it wasn't talked about that Steve Nash was being groomed for like a head coaching job. And I guess a lot of people think maybe there's guys that have been passed over that were more qualified. I hate to say with everything that's going on in America right now, like I hate to stir the pot even more, but Mm -hmm. I feel like the Stephen A. Smiths of the world are going to, are going to say, why not Jason Kidd? Why not, you know, uh, why aren't you looking at Nate McMillan again? Why aren't you, you know, why isn't Mark Jackson getting the job? And it's like, if those are the names you bring up to me, it says, Oh, you wanted it to be a black guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of those guys are, you know, they've dead good runs as coaches. And I think the way the league works is the coaches get recycled. So I think they'll all get another chance. It's just like, Hey, it's, it's, it's Steve Nash's chance. And we'll see what he does. Like, obviously he's in a good position because I think if you're an NBA coach, you need, you need players. Like you don't want to be sent to a team like, like say like the John B line of Michigan went to the Cavaliers and they don't have a lot of players and it's, you're just not going to succeed. So he's got the players, you know? Well, that's, so, that's, that's my fear for Nash at the Nets is he has, well, he's Katie. He has a relationship with, yeah. he, likes, he likes KD. They were together in golden state. I think that's going to be helpful. I yeah. don't, I don't know that Kyrie and Steve Nash's basketball point guarding philosophies match up. Uh, Kyrie, I've been outspoken that Kyrie does not make teams better. Um, I'm a, I agree with you 100% as a Celtics fan. I, I, uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that's just he's, – he's got that Carmel Anthony thing going with him. He really does. And if you're a point guard, like, you got to pass the ball. And, yeah. and, and Steve Nash is the embodiment of that. I mean, the guy won yeah. two MVPs literally just passing the ball. Um, I mean, if he can get Kyrie – to either play off the ball and get like a more pure point guard, or if he can get Kyrie to have a Nash like game, I think that they could be incredible, but that's a big task. I mean, Brad Stevens couldn't do it. No, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's hard because I think Kyrie's kind of a stubborn guy and he's, you know, like, look, you love LeBron. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I, I, I think Jordan's, little better but you know that's for another show but you know LeBron is the best in our era you know the last 20-25 years he's the best player you have a chance to play with him and you fucking left yeah like it's sanity you know and and it's also like LeBron even like said he's like I did all I could to like when I leave he's the guy right you know LeBron you know it's it's wild when you, you, you have a chance to play with a guy like that and get a ring. Because remember, LeBron was in Miami when, when Kyrie Irving was drafted by Cleveland, and they stunk. So he goes there, and they, they become contenders. And then you have a chance to, to have glory. And you don't even respect that. And that always bothered me. And, and look, the Cavs sucked when they drafted Kyrie. That's how they, yep. got, the, that's how they got the first pick. But if yep. you look at Boston, Boston – well on their way to the Eastern Conference Finals right now, maybe beyond. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Uh, last year with Kyrie, they lose in, what, in, in the second round. The year before, yep. Kyrie's hurt. They make the Eastern Conference Finals. The year before that, without Kyrie, they make the Eastern Conference Finals. It's like the proof is there, dude. You're not – the way you're playing is not making teams better. The only no. time one is when you have been this, the second guy, when you have yep. been playing off the ball. Mm-hmm. It just seems to me like, you know, I, I think the thing with Nash is he's going to be expected to win very quickly – because he has Kyrie and KD and a team that was in the playoffs without him. I think Nash could be a great coach. Uh, he, I just worry that he might be expected to do too much too fast. Yeah. I mean, it also depends on how healthy uh, uh, the big guy is. Uh, Durant. You know, yeah. So KD comes back and he's, you know, KD that we we've seen who's just an amazing player. That has skills that I, I've never seen for for that size, you know, it'll be okay. And then it's like, well, Kyrie, of course, it's like, dude, you got another chance to play one of the, the greatest players of all time. It's okay to be, you know, the second guy. And I and it's he wanted to be the guy in Boston. And, and obviously, I, I remember watching that series against Milwaukee and just watching him throw brick after brick and kind of, you know, turning into like. You know, Boston can turn on their athletes, and I've seen it with Roger Clemens and people like that, and Wade Boggs. They used to boo Wade Boggs back in the day. I'm really aging myself. <laughs> and, and Kyrie became that guy. You know, he became that, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know. And, and, and when they turn on you, they did, and they turned on him. And, I mean, I got to say rightfully so. I mean, even, even, even your boy Bill Simmons turned on him at the end after doing – two full years of episodes that he's the most prolific, talented scorer in the NBA. The, I, don't, I don't know what the Celtics. I have no idea. I used to love that guy. I, I listened to every podcast. I, I read every column. And then something happened. He went on ESPN, and I just couldn't take him anymore. Yeah. I, I, I like Simmons when he's got guys on who and doesn't talk sports. I like yeah, his friends are funny. Yeah. But he, he got a big ego and, and you know, like, you know, success can hurt people. Yeah. So this is going to be a nice transition into the game seven from last night. But yeah. one last thing on Nash, the, you know, the kind of general consensus is everybody's going, well, Nash was the face of the seven seconds or less. This is, yeah. you know, Nash didn't play a ton of defense. This is going to be a Mike D'Antoni 2.0 situation. Do you see Nash going to the Nets and trying to run crazy up-tempo, shoot a bunch of threes, do the Nash thing? Or do you think he'll – like that was a style that he played, but he'll have his own thing? Because you are – and this is probably going to be our, our beef on the podcast today. You are an open Mike D'Antoni hater. I'm not a Mike D'Antoni hater. I like to troll you. So I, told, <laughs> I told you on Twitter the other day, and I just wanted to, to get you, on your nerves. You went fishing. You I don't want – I don't. to be honest, I don't watch enough basketball, you know, to really be an expert on it. I wanted to troll you because we have a little fun, and I wanted to just take shots because I was like, maybe the Rockets need another coach. But, uh, look. Do you think Nash I, will, will play that style? I think, in all honesty, when I look at the NBA and I look at coaches and I look at, like, Phil Jackson and success, 
it comes down to how to deal with the egos. You yeah. know, it, it's bigger than X's and O's because the guys that are the with the most talent are usually the ones that win. Like we saw, who was the coach in Cleveland? Was it Tyron Lue? Yeah. Like he's got a ring, you know, is he a great coach? I don't know. You know, he had LeBron and LeBron was kind of the coach. So that's the same thing. That's the same thing I say about Doc Rivers all the time. He got the big yeah. three, and what do you get? He got one. Is that does that make him good or does that make him bad? And and he's got tons of talent with the Clippers. So it's like, of course, he's going to win a lot of regular season games, and you know, it, it's the playoffs what's matter because if you have the talent. So Steve Nash, it really depends on how healthy Kevin Durant is and. If Kevin Durant is doing Kevin Durant things and they have a lot of good role players around him, he'll be fine. It's just managing the egos. It's like getting Kyrie to be number two is, is I think, even more important than the X's and O's. And, and I, 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 think I couldn't that, agree more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. I think, I think the, the key to Nash's success in, in Brooklyn, and I hate, yeah. by the way, as a Knicks fan and, an, and a Steve Nash stan, I hate yeah. this. Because if they are successful and they do play Nash basketball, and like th- that'll be so hard to watch as a Knicks fan. But I, I think that he's in a good situation with KD. It's really going to be about just getting Kyrie to either be, be a pure point guard or turn over the keys and be like Kyrie could be an incredible two guard in the NBA and yep. just get a regular point guard to run the show the way Nash likes to run the show and let Kyrie be the scorer. But we'll see if Kyrie, you know, maybe Kyrie will do his mellow evolution faster than the 15 years it took mellow and realize it ain't working and he's got to listen to somebody. Cause I think they could be good right away. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll they're going to win some games. I mean, they're an average team as it is without KD and without even Kyrie. So imagine with those two guys together, you know, it, it could be really special. It is weird. You know, I grew up in New York with you and, you know, I know like the Knicks were, were the Kings. I mean, with the, with the Ewing years and even a little after with Latrell Sprewell and stuff like that. And, you know, Van Gundy was a decent coach. I don't know if you like Van Gundy, but he was, he was solid. And, you know, they, you know, the nineties, they were the Kings. And I used to go to the Brendan Byrne arena and see the New Jersey Nets they were a fucking train wreck. Yeah. You know, they had, I remember Butch Beard was the coach, and there was just like a mutiny. I remember there was like a crazy mutiny on the fucking – on the bench. Uh, you know, they were just the, – they were they were not even like – they were considered like a minor league team kind of. Yeah. So it's crazy to know that the Knicks have – I mean, sadly, you know, Brooklyn has so much more talent and has a chance to be a contender, and the Knicks are – it's been a it's been a tough twenty years. Well, what what a you know it seems like a weird fit for Nash to be there, but then when you think about it a little more deeply, it's like the perfect fit. A can a floppy haired Canadian smokes pot, loves to skateboard. He's every guy that's moved to Brooklyn in the last ten. That years. That is true. He's, he set him right up in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's gonna be yeah. sk- he's gonna be skateboarding the games. Yep. So yep. I, I I want your prediction, Matt uh, Goldberg Stradamus. He, yeah. signed, he signed a four-year deal. Will he yep. be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets in four seasons? Will he have yes. a second contract? Yes, and I can't guarantee a ring, but I can guarantee a championship appearance. 
Wow. Four, you, th you think they make the finals in the next four yeah. years? Yeah. If KD, if KD is healthy, yes. So this is our transition. The, the student becomes a teacher. Yep. He was made an MVP by the MVP maker, Mike D'Antoni. Mm -hmm. Rockets yeah. Thunder, game seven last night. Yep. The, the Rockets pull it out. It was a the, – the refs seem to be staying out of that one for a little while, but then it becomes a ref show at the end. Did you watch the end of the game? I watched both games, and I, okay. you know, like, so yeah, the refs did play a big part in the Heat's and the Bucks. The the there was the I, I didn't understand, you know, when when uh, Harden made the clutch block, and it's always you know, it goes up. It's not as big as the LeBron block, but it's it will go down in history as a playoff game with a massive, you know, clutch block. So there was point five seconds. I don't understand how they put three seconds back on the clock. I mean, they so, did everything they could to let OKC maybe win. I mean, yeah. Also so, the, so the 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 what ended up happening is he blocks it. Dort steps out of bounds on the shot, like after the block. Yeah. And he, he didn't reset himself when he came back inbounds. So the okay. when he first catches that ball before he tries to throw it off Harden, when he first yeah. catches that ball, he's out okay. of bounds. So that's why you get the three seconds. So that's why they got 2.6. Because it yep. was going to be like, did Chris Paul call a timeout in time? Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they were like, fuck all that. It doesn't matter. He was out of bounds the second he grabbed that ball again. So that's why they put 2.6. But I agree with you. They try to give every shot to the fucking Thunder. And then, you know, they have, they have this play at the end. Steven Adams is alone in the middle of the floor. Why didn't they just throw him the ball? Well, it was weird because he got the foul shot. And now I'm reading Twitter and everybody's like, why isn't Chris Paul taking that foul shot? You know, even my boy Dwayne Wade chimed in. He's like, you know, Chris Paul's got to take that. So, and then they're saying, and then they're saying D'Antoni is talking shit to Gallinari while he's at the line. I'm assuming that's in Italian. I don't know if you know, but D'Antoni and Gallinari's dad played together in Italy. He's like his yeah. stepson. So he's, wow. he's trolling his, like, adopted Italian son while he's at the free throw line. God knows what he's saying. Maybe he's threatening, like, the Cosa Nostra is threatening him or something. Well, I, you know, that's, that's gamesmanship. I have no problem with it. I, uh, you know, you missed a shot. And then it was just, like, you kind of felt, like, excitement of, like, what is this last shot going to be? And, yeah, it was a disappointment because we didn't even see a shot. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a very heartfelt series, and I felt like Chris Paul wanted it so bad. Like, he, he somehow hates Harden so much. He really wanted to win this one bad, and, and they gave their all. And I, I hate to say it. I, I know you're going to get mad at me, but I felt like Houston underachieved. Like, this is a series they should have probably won in five or six. Well, and I mean, they, it, it is a four or five series. Yep. Right. So it's like, you know, if there was going to go game seven, like there are two teams that were fairly regular season equivalent. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they, they certainly cause matchup problems for each other because they play yep. very different styles. Uh, I, I mean, I, I absolutely think Houston escaped. And I think, you know, what's crazy is everybody loves to tell me and the whole world, Mike D'Antoni doesn't, coach defense their defense is always going to stink defense wins championships yep. their their offense 
was what underachieved in this series. Harden looks bad last night. And the, yeah. de- the defense ends up coming through and saving the game, not just on the block, not just on the final possession, but I think the stat I saw was in the last three minutes and 22 seconds, the Thunder make three field goals. So, yeah. and, and, the, and the Rockets have the number one rated playoff defense so far playing all small ball. So who do they play? They play the Lakers next, right? Yeah, they play the Lakers next. That's going to be a very tough series. I, I mean, I agree. And for me, you know, as a LeBron stan, as a Mike D'Antoni stan, it's kind of like a win-win series. Like, I, yeah. I, I think I'm, you know, for me, when I look at, like, what I'm rooting for, I'm still rooting, you know, I want LeBron to, to get all his accolades and get whatever. So, yeah. like, I guess I'm kind of rooting for the Lakers because I think – Mike D'Antoni making it out of the first round and losing to the one seed, I, I, to me it doesn't prove like, oh, God, what, what a fucking choker. Uh, it's like, it also looks like these guys are aging. Right. You know, look, it, it, I was going to ask you about this. I don't mean to change the subject, but I think what we saw, like I really enjoyed the Utah-Denver uh, series. And those they have these young players that I think are the future of the league. Uh was it Murray? Yep. And, and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. And I'm like, those guys are the future. And it seems like the torch will be passed to, to Utah, Denver, New Orleans. You know, I think Zion's the real deal. Like, is the league going to be okay when, you know, like LeBron and, and the Rockets kind of, those guys kind of fade out in a few years when, the you know, some of the smaller markets have the best teams? I mean, I think the NBA at this point, you know, with NBA Twitter, with its global, like, you know, there was a time where it was Cleveland in the finals every year, you know, Cleveland and Golden State, which, you know, isn't necessarily like a big market for like Golden State was never anything in the NBA and it was thriving. So I think it's a player's league. You know, if you're looking at, you know, let's do a preview from three to three years from now. If you have a, you know, a Denver new uh, brooklyn nets like that's exciting yeah i agree or, or like or like a you know a brooklyn dallas mavs finals yeah. is uh, how do you not get excited about that uh, there's those young teams are great i mean they have some they're, they're just players are really great and exciting and uh i like the lakers in this series you know i think they have probably better legs right now so I'm yeah gonna say five or six and uh, you know we're, we're we're everybody's braced themselves for a, a Clippers Lakers, you know the matchup of uh, whatever uh, of the, you, the, the 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 Staples series. Do you consider? Let me ask you a question because this year is so bizarre. Like basketball, baseball, football, hockey. Like if you win the championship, is it like you won the championship, or is it like you won a tournament? Well. I think in baseball with 60 games, that this is this is an asterisk season. You're playing yeah. 60 games. They expand the playoffs. I think you know the, the no teams are going to play the same amount of games. The Cardinals are going to finish the season playing like eight games. That's funny. And probably get in. Like yeah. to me, that's an asterisk. The NFL, you know, we'll see what happens with the NFL. But like to me, the NFL comes down to because they're not doing a bubble either. Like. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes gets COVID during the yeah, playoffs I know. and can't play, it's an asterisk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Uh, the We've NBA, seen a lot. 
the NBA to me, it's like they they played the majority of their regular season games. They mm-hmm. go to the bubble. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing that's really affected in in the bubble is the home court advantage. But like, I kind of love the the March Madness feel of this, where it's like every game is on a neutral site. Like, cool. Yeah. Well, the games have been great too. I mean, you can't ask for better finishes than you've gotten. Right. Like like last night, two game sevens went down to the last shot. I mean, we had a we had the Utah Jazz rimmed an in and out shot at the buzzer. I mean, you can't get better than that with two teams that are, they're so young and they're both so even, and and you could tell how hard they were playing. And you know, last night was you know, of course they didn't get the last shot off, but it was a fantastic game, and you could tell how bad Oklahoma City wanted it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the NHL. I've watched a little in the NBA it is it's been a good product in the bubble it really has like you can tell how hard both teams are playing and that it's the real deal like they're playing playoff sports yeah i want to uh, you know i agree with you on the the lakers rockets matchup i think the mm-hmm. lakers win i think they they're just you know too big with ad i think lebron's too good um but yeah. my the, the my final words on that before we move on to some of the other series is uh, I agree with you. I think it's like probably a five or six. To me, if, if it's a six-game win, that's like a win for Mike D'Antoni. That's like a look. He, 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 he took the Lakers to six games. Yeah. Uh, five, a sweep or five, you know, f- five is pretty much what I'm expecting. A sweep, I think, would be some underachievement. But other than that, it's like I, I don't know what this guy's got to do. He, he takes rosters that are ridiculous. and He's win, you know, he's he's a top four seed in the West. He's winning playoff series. He doesn't have a guy over fucking six foot six on his team. You know, you know, it kind of reminds you of Marty Schottenheimer. I don't know if you're a Schottenheimer fan. Yeah, but he's a guy, he's a guy that always had success, never won in the playoffs. But then when you you know people call him a choker, and you're like, but he overachieved. Like these yeah. are teams that don't belong in the playoffs, and, and that's the tough part with some of these coaches because. They do overachieve in the regular season, and they don't have, you know, they don't have the, the matchups in the in the playoffs because obviously the teams are better. And I think, you know, I mean, again, you watch a lot more basketball, but I I can see that with D'Antoni's like, no, he never has the best team, like he doesn't have the best roster, and yeah. then the or NBA, close to it. Yeah, you gotta have the, you know, you really gotta have the guys to make it all the way. Very rarely. Does a team, you know, Toronto had a lot of magic last year, but, you know, Leonard was still the guy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great transition into speaking about over, not not necessarily overachieving, but just having great regular seasons and disappointing playoffs is yeah. the Bucks. This is two years in a row. They're struggling sure. early. Giannis, Spolstra has the Giannis wall figured out. He's put a wall around Greece. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's, got, he's, he's got the freak stopper. Yeah, uh, it's it's he up two games to zero on this Bucks team. What do you think? You watch that game. What do you think about that game last night? Well, I first want to say like I am shocked about Eric Spolstra mm-hmm. because when he got hired, he just seemed really dumb. 
Balestra. Is he like a fucking, is he a fake sugar you put in your coffee? Is this, I don't know, but you is remember. That the, like, is that the stuff in like the uh, baked lays that make you take a fucking well, how do you say? How do you say his name? Isn't it Spolestra? Spolstra. Okay, Spolstra. So like <laughs> when I heard him talk, I'm like, this guy sounds dumb. Yeah. You know, and then it's like he's got D-Wade, he's got LeBron. So I'm like, yeah, of course he's going to win. But he's taken now, you know how like some guys can't take a new roster and then once they get their, their, their you know, their main guys go and they get a new roster, it goes all downhill. Yeah. I'm really impressed. That this is a brand new roster. This is a brand new Miami Heat team. And I was, I was playing poker with a bunch of guys on Zoom last night and a lot of guys were like, Miami's the best team right now. Now, you, you know more than me. I don't know if that's true or not. But they play like a team. And I and I think, like, aging myself again, Giannis reminds me of, like, a Sean Kemp, where he just is an athletic freak that can do so many things. But, you know, you got to shoot outside in the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Like you, 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 you're not going to just dunk on the Atlanta Hawks. And, and just beat up on the bad teams. Like, the Bucks seem like the regular season, they just destroy the bad teams. But in the playoffs, they do get exposed because he's not a guy that can go inside and outside. And he really doesn't have a lot of guys around him that can score. Yeah, I mean, he look, the, the, the Bucks have a, a solid roster, you know. Uh, yeah. Lo, Lopez has taken his game to the next level with, that, with the outside shooting. You've got, you know, uh, Bledsoe. You've got yeah. – uh, you know, Middleton, like they're, they have a good squad and they, there's a reason they won as, as many games as they did in the regular season. And look, I did the same thing you did last episode. I took, I, I have been critical of who you call Spolestra. Uh, But um, he has certainly, you know, I always said Spolestra seemed like he was just kind of ghost coaching for Pat Riley. And yeah, that's what I felt too. But at this point, who cares if he is? Who cares if Pat Riley gives him the whole fucking strategy? Somebody's got to coach these games, and he's doing an insane job. I actually think – I don't know about they're the best team, but they're playing the best of all the teams in the East, and that, yeah. I think, is saying something when you consider how well the Celtics are playing as well. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're just very balanced. Uh, they're playing great defense uh, on, on Giannis. They've, they've got a strategy figured out. I just think I think the Heat are going to win this series. I think it's going. To, I think the Bucks are going to figure something out, and it's going to be a competitive series. But I think yeah. the Heat win this series. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I'm also shocked. I was. I'm a Michigan fan, like a bandwagon Michigan fan. So I like Duncan Robinson at college. I remember his last game, and he was crying. And I'm like, dude, you, you did great. You you played at New Hampshire. You transferred to Michigan. What what else can you ask for? Now yeah. you're gonna like you're gonna sell insurance somewhere, and you, you you can brag that you shot a lot of threes at the University of Michigan for two years. Meanwhile, <laughs> Doris Burke was on his jock last night, giving us his resume, and it's pretty great. I mean, he scores more points for the Heat than he did in, at Michigan. Jocking. I, yeah. I'm shocked he's on. When I saw he was on a roster, even I'm like, how the hell is this guy on a roster? Like, good for him. So, you know, they're, they're playing great. And, you know, I think the Celtics are playing really great, but I don't know, like, I don't think you can really depend on Marcus Smart to hit threes like he's doing right now. Yeah. I think that's going to run out. 
I like Campbell Walker, but he's he's been off and on. Uh, you know, I like Jalen Brown. Well, but, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that in just a second. The one thing yeah. I want to wrap up on this Heat Bucks series, I don't know if you saw yeah. it, but Richard, I saw the plays. Yeah, Richard yeah. Jefferson tweets that Giannis is a Pippin. He's not a Jordan. He's a Pippin. Yeah. He needs mm-hmm. a Jordan to win. And then Scottie Pippen claps back today and says, yeah. Giannis is a back-to-back MVP. That's something I never did. I'm not him. He's not me. We're different players. What do you just even think of the idea? First of all, I think that's a great clap back by Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen giving yeah. Giannis praise. Meanwhile, yeah. saying, you know, I'm a whole different kind of guy. What do you think of the just the idea that Giannis is a Pippin? Uh, he's a Sean Kemp, which is worse. Right. I mean, I mean yeah, I think calling somebody a Pippin is Pippin is one of the greatest compliment. players of all time. Agreed. You but know, I Pippin think- did all the little things too. You know, he's doing all the dirty work, you know. I mean, I, I am a Jordan Slurper, but I'm I'm the first to admit that Scottie Pippen did all the dirty work that nobody talks about, all the intangibles. You know, Giannis is just a guy right now that can dominate against bad teams. And, you know, he's got to, you know, it's going to be hard against the playoffs because, again, there's going to be a wall against them. And then it's up to the other guys to to step up or, or, you know, up to him to go through the wall, and it's not going to be easy. So now, you know, well, you know that that's what I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. It's like you know, it seems like to me, Jefferson is saying, like, you know, I'm a Pippin stan. I'm a Jordan truther. I'd be yeah. like, oh, Giannis is a Pippin. Giannis can be the best all around player on six championship teams. He just needs a closer. But I think what I think what Richard Jefferson was saying is. Giannis can be the second best player on a team and not the best player on a and, team. And he's right. And, I, and it's like, I was always like, why don't the Bucks? why didn't they get Leonard? Why didn't they go after Jimmy Butler? Why didn't they go after uh, Paul George? You know, like one of those guys, because then you have like, you, you can't double and triple Giannis then, you know? You got it. I got to say, I, I disagree with Je- Jefferson though. I Here's what I will say. I think that every great team, every championship team needs a guy who's going to make that shot, needs a guy who can come down. I mean, look at the, you know, look at the Heat. They're, they're playing great team basketball, but in the last couple of games, they'll turn it over to Jimmy Butler when they need a basket. Tim yeah. Duncan was the best player on pretty much every Spurs championship team. I know Kawhi got the yeah. one finals MVP, but if you look at what, happened throughout those seasons and i know that tony parker got an mvp but all around tim duncan is the best player on all those Spurs championship teams i think Giannis can be the best player on a championship team you just need to give him a guy who has the ability to create an ability to get that bucket just like just a killer bucket getter which i don't think he has right now yeah i mean i don't put any faith in bledsoe to hit a big three i mean when you talk about Duncan, I agree with you what you're saying. You had Ginobili, is that his name? I love that we have Spalestra, Giannis, and Ginobili. Well, how do you say his name? How do you, how do you watch Manu Ginobili play for 20 years and not figure out how to say his name? Because it's a hard name to pronounce. 
I mean, I used to call, I still fucking, you know, I was a year in before I could say Giannis, but like, it's Giannis. You're still, you're still going with G- Giannis? Giannis and Ginobili and, and Spalestra. Uh, Spalestra. I get every name wrong. Yeah. I think I lost you. No, here I am. Yeah. You got, you got LeBron. LeBron. You got Co- Co- Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> now, I get I get names wrong, but it, like those guys can hit threes. Like you can depend on those guys to hit a, a big three. And I don't have any, you know, faith in any of the guys on the Bucks to really like. You know, you need a guy to score ten points in the last three minutes to keep you in the game. I have faith in nobody because the freak's going to be guarded so hard. You've yeah. got uh, you're you're a Celtics fan. Yeah. You guys are up 2-0 on this Raptors team. You're talking about, you know, what – you talked about a little bit how they compare to the Heat, but what do you think about this series right now? Do you think – do the Celtics win this series, and how quickly do they do it? I think they win at six. I think Toronto is one of those things where they have a, a, a great coach, and throughout the season and through the bubble, they wanted to prove that they were still a championship team without uh, Leonard. But I think now they're kind of being exposed at – they they're they're going as far as they can go with their talent you know and again it's like van fleet i love his game but is he really gonna like just destroy a team in the end you know and yeah it seems like they're looking for van vliet and and siakam and some of these guys to step up to a next level and i think siakam will have that ability maybe one day he seems like he's definitely like a player who's making leaps every year but yeah. I agree with you. I just don't think they've got the guy right now. Whereas, yeah. you know, Tatum's already in the process. Kemba Walker. You got Kemba Walker. You got a lot more, you know. You, you just have, like, even the Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a vet. Like, he's and, the and, definition and of a vet. Mark never scored. Marcus Smart was one of those guys that gave you 100% and hustled and started trouble and got in the other team's heads and stuff like that. But – this year is a plus because he's scoring and he's hitting big threes, but you're just like, how long is this going to last? Can he, can he sustain it? I would say the heat are still better. You know, I I'm, I'm not ready to like move on to a heat Celtics matchup preview though. Like I actually think that this series could go the distance, even Celtics wraps. Um, I, but I, you know, I have more confidence in the heat closing out their series against the one seed than I do in this series. And that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, the bucks are definitely getting, uh, definitely getting exposed. They've definitely, I thought last year they were exposed and I think this year as well. And it sucks for them because they're a small market team. I don't know if they want to spend money to put another guy there with, with the freaks. I call him the freak. Cause I, I don't, I can't say Giannis properly. <laughs> so it's just Giannis, uh, like Giannis Pappas. Giannis Pappas. I love Giannis. I used to do shows with Giannis all the time. We did a Hooters in New Jersey like 100 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was an interesting time. So, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, they need another player. And it's like, okay, are we going to keep Giannis? How much money do we have to pay him? And who can we get to, to run along with him? Because they definitely need another guy. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily like a Batman Robin Jordan Pippen. Right. It's more like a guy that can score 
who can can free up Giannis for like one on one in the end of the game. They just need a bucket getter. They just need a guy who, when they put a wall up and and guard the middle, like the, again, the same way I I said it. I'll say it again. It's like Duncan had guys around him who would yep. hit those big shots. Yeah. From, from Avery oh, yeah. Johnson to Ginobili to you know Kawhi yeah. to Parker. It's yep. like there's only so much you can do with a big man who has limited range. Now I think Giannis will continue to improve and, and one day have, I mean, if Brooke Lopez can find a three point shot, Giannis can find a three point shot, but he's still young. He's still, I, I just think you need to have a guy for the time being, if you're going to be the one seed, have a guy for the time being who can, who can get that shot. Yeah. But we got to say this is that the regular season is overvalued because they can just beat up on the bad teams. Yes, absolutely. So the last uh, NBA is Nuggets Jazz. A, a wild game seven ends with an in and out missed three. Donovan Mitchell standing all alone after yep. giving up the ball. Uh, it was a wild ending, but a great series. A three-one comeback. Uh, I think both of the like you got to be proud if you're both of those teams. Like it's like it, it literally came in. To, it was a, a a shootout of a series. It comes into an in and out three. Yeah. What do you think of the Nuggets' chances against the Clippers? I, I give them a decent chance because I thought Dallas played the Clippers really well without your guy Porzingis. So the Clips, you know, I don't know. There's like it just seems like they haven't really put it together with all of these stars, and you know, obviously they're good, but I there's something about the Nuggets that's kind of magical. Yeah, you know, they kind of they kind of have like this this magical team that can, can do a lot of damage and, and maybe upset the clips. So, I mean, I will say the Clippers is seven, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets won. And I just want to say something about COVID. I was with Andy Ruther at the uh, hockey game, March 11th, the Anaheim Ducks, the last yep. game with, with fans. And when we were there, we got the news that, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, another name wrong, Gobert. Yeah, you got that. You got that. Okay. It's a soft – it's not. It's a hard G, not a soft G. Yeah. But when a, hard they say, G, a hard G, a soft T. Yeah. When he got corona, you know, you got scared. I was like, man, he's going to die or something. Like, he could die. So, you know, I'm just happy that, like, to see him playing, to see Donovan Mitchell healthy because they said Donovan Mitchell got it. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, could these guys die? Like, this is so – this is so terrifying. So it's just good to see that like they're healthy and they're playing and it was kind of beautiful in that sense. And I know this is, sounds a little sappy, but uh, you know, it's just that they got the play was pretty beautiful. And, and there was All a right. lot of, there was a lot of talk that those guys don't get along, but now there's talk yeah. that there's talk that Mitchell will be resigning with the, with the jazz. I think that sets them up nicely. I think they have got a lot of good pieces, but mm -hmm. you know, the West is tough, and the yep. you know the Jazz remind me a lot of what I said about the Blazers. Is like they're good, and they're going to grow into a better team. But yep. like, so are the Mavs. You know, yeah, the Mavs are going to get better. There's no sign that the Nuggets aren't going to get better. They're young, and well, I think those three teams are the future. Yeah, like once the Lakers get old, once LeBron gets old, once the the uh, Rockets kind of get old because they're kind of on their like their thirties, 
You know, I see Murray and I see Mitchell as the future. So if the Jazz can keep Mitchell, like he's a really special player and they have great role players around them. And I know it's not a big market, but, uh, you know, it's fun to watch these young teams. It really is. It's, It's fun to watch them play veteran teams too. Like the Clippers are pretty vicious versus Dallas, you know. Yeah, I'll be I'll be a big Nuggets fan against these Clippers. Like I I hope that that's a good series. Um, you know I I was I was talking about Kawhi last episode and I got a lot of blowback because yeah. app- apparently these days people just really really want to argue with me. Uh, but uh, well, that's the time. It's the so- it's the world of social media, my friend. I said, and it was I guess it was misunderstood yeah. because I said that Kawhi isn't really facilitating other guys being great and that yep. was, somehow that was taken as Kawhi isn't playing well which I absolutely didn't say Kawhi is playing fantastically as a person yep. he, you know he's playoff Kawhi is a real thing but I think for the for the Clippers to win Kawhi has to make Paul George great Kawhi has to make you know, all the other guys, not just the stars, yeah. but the role players on his team, great. And so far, Kawhi has been getting his. But, I mean, it was the other guys not excelling that made that a little bit of a series against the Mavs. And if the Nuggets are going to score the way the Nuggets were scoring in every game except game seven, you got to think, man, you're going to need more than just Kawhi having 30 points every night. Yeah, I mean, look, it's – I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets stole game one, you know, because they're kind of riding on, like, house money. And the Clippers have everything to lose because they have all the players and all the names. And, like, going back to Phil Jackson, for years I hate I, – well, I, I had a love-hate thing with him because I was like, well, you have the best players. Of course you're going to win. Right. You go with Jordan and Pippen, and then you get Shaquille and Kobe. And, like, yeah, of course. Like, you're, of course you're going to have all these ranks. But what you realize is that, you know, coaching the NBA is getting all these egos to work together. Absolutely. And Phil Jackson could do that. Phil and Jackson's running some fucking Tex winter triangle, but he's not even really caring about that. He's just making these guys sit in fucking teepees and read exactly. like Zen and the art of motorcycle repair. And it's also like getting like Sky Pippen. You're not making any money. You yeah. deserve a more money but you're gonna play hard you know or we i got i need you to play hard or like dennis rodman like just get these rebounds and get in carl malone's head that's yeah. your job i need so, i need all you guys to play your role and do it quietly and let everybody believe michael jordan's doing this all alone well yeah <laughs> but the, but i came back to doc it's like okay you got all you got the like you got the guys like you've been given a gift with with a championship roster now it's up to you to get all these guys. And I don't think Leonard ever had a big ego. He seems like a very quiet guy. He's not like a – he doesn't like do interviews or anything. It, but you still got to get all these guys on the same page to, to bring out the best in everybody at the same time. And I don't think he's ever been really able to do that. I, I, I agree with you. And I think – look, I love Doc Rivers as a person. I think he's a great guy. I think yeah. he's a he's a fine basketball coach, but I think for some reason he is the exact opposite of Mike D'Antoni. He gets all the rope in the world for for achieving one championship when he has often had the best teams. 
and that gives him a pass for underachieving regularly. Meanwhile, yep. Mike D'Antoni doesn't have any championships, but he overachieves regularly, and people are like, oh, if he loses this game, he's fired. No one ever talks about the idea of Doc Rivers getting fired from anywhere. No, I mean, he's seen as a, 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 a god of a coach. And look, you know, he's got a ring, so you, you can't really knock that. He's got great regular season records, but he has the best team. He does right now. The, as far as talent on paper, he's got the best team. Right. So when they, when they struggle against the Mavericks, and, and I think Denver's going to take them to the limit, and then when they can easily be beaten by the Lakers or even Houston, it's like, you know, what did you do with the best team on paper? Right. And that's what, you know, it's not over. They could win the championship. But. They could. They could. But let's see. I, I, yeah. have, I have less faith in a Doc Rivers run Clippers team than a Lakers run, like a LeBron run Lakers team with the help yeah. of Frank Vogel and basically no role players. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would still take the Lakers versus the Clippers right now just because LeBron and, and I don't know if Rivers can get these guys to completely play at their best because he's got a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of ingredients. And There's a lot. Of, hard to, I'll, to get I'll say one thing. Together. There's a lot of people arguing Kawhi is the best player in basketball these days. Yeah. There's a lot of people arguing Doc Rivers is a great coach. So to me, it's like, if, if, if everybody believes these things and they don't win the entire thing, well, one of those things isn't correct. At least one of those things, if not both. Well, I, I, would leave, I would leave it more to Doc because Kawhi, you know, he took a team like Toronto and, and went all the way. You know, so he's proven, like, without San Antonio that he can be the guy. So right. he's already proven that. You know, Doc needed, you know, I mean – that Celtic team was pretty freaking awesome. And, and yeah, the thing about – I would have coached that Celtic team to two championships. They did kind of struggle in the playoffs. The yeah. first two series were seven-game series. And I think the first series, I forget, they played like the Bucs or somebody bad, and they, they just couldn't win on the road. And then, you know, LeBron took them to the limit in the second round, and then it, it somehow got a little easier. If Joe Prano coached those Celtics teams, Ray Allen has two finals MVPs. Well, there you go. They were loaded. I build my team around fucking Ray Allen instead of, like, deferring to Paul Pierce because he was there first. I'm a big Pierce fan. I I, That wheelchair game was, like, heroic. When he shit his pants? Did he shit his pants? I know that he he came back on a wheelchair, and it was like like professional wrestling where the guy comes back in a wheelchair, and then they're like, oh, he's hurting, and he comes out, and he just starts beating the shit out of people. The The conspiracy theory is he had to be taken out in a wheelchair because if he had stood up, the diarrhea would have came down his legs. Well, you can ask. The, there was there's a famous rumor about Bobby Hurley in that as well. <laughs> All right, Maddie, we're we're gonna I, I we're gonna transition out of the, out of the NBA, yep. and we're gonna transition into the NHL, which we never talk about on the show. Yeah, you still have an NHL uh, guy. But before yeah. we do that, when I think okay. of the NHL, what I think about is the cold, cold ice. And when I think about cold, cold ice, it makes me think about my favorite cold thing in the whole world, Miller Lite. I love Miller Lite. Everybody knows that about me. I've loved Miller Lite before they were a sponsor of this show. I will love Miller Lite if they are ever after a sponsor of this show. Maddie, you're not a big drinker, but when you drink, 
I assume you you drink some Miller Lights. Miller Light is the beer. I actually had one on the Super Bowl. So uh, during during this time yeah. of social distancing, Maddie, connecting yep. with your friends over a beer today might look a little different. You, just like you and I can't do the podcast in person, we're doing it via Zoom. The original yep. light beer Miller Light has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Just like uh, I mean, just the idea. You know, the idea that they started calling Reggie Miller Miller Time to me is offensive as a Miller Light drinker. Like it, Miller Time should be thought of as drinking Miller first and foremost. Get Reggie Miller out of the world of Miller Time. Whether you're toasting friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Right now, enjoying a Miller Light with your friends is hard. So order it online, Maddie. You can order it online. Don't, don't even bother going to the store. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports and find delivery options near you. It's great tasting with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per, per 12 ounces. So not only, I don't want to say it's healthy. I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it is delicious and it is very low calories and very low carbs for a beer. And honestly, if you're at home watching the, the NBA right now, the NBA playoffs, if you're watching the hockey playoffs, Get yourself some Miller Lights. Week one NFL, if I have a social distance party, I'll definitely order some Miller Light for my guests. I'll probably slurp one down. Not a big beer drinker, but uh, – But if you can I've, drink any beer, it's like a great-tasting light beer like Miller Light. Yeah, I, I do love it. It doesn't have an aftertaste, which is great too. Guys. So I'm a, big, I'm a big Miller Lite fan, just like you. And I'm, I'm proud that you guys got that sponsor because I know how much you guys love it, you know? I love well, it. Ruther I, can't I, drink. If he could drink, he would definitely. Uh, even Ruther cracked a Miller Lite. That's how, my, uh, that's how great Miller Lite is. Guys, if you want to support the Dirty Sports Podcast, and a lot of you reach out and say, what can I do? Can I donate? What, you know, what, just go to MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports and order yourself some Miller Lite to be delivered. That is the number one thing you can do to support the Dirty Sports Podcast, and it'll make me happy. Send pictures of you drinking it. Send pictures of you out on the golf course having a cold beer. Send pictures of you watching the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs having a cold Miller Lite. Maddie, yep. the, cold, the cold Miller Lite makes me think of the cold, cold ice. We're gonna, I'm going to give you two minutes here. Just tell me every single thing that's going on in hockey because you're the only person I know that watches hockey. Okay, so I didn't watch the beginning of this, but I've gotten into the playoffs. I'm a low I'm – I've always been a low-key Islander fan. It's kind of like the, the weird team you root for in New York, and they've been great. They got this Coach Barry Trotz who won with the Capitals. So they're up 3-2 to two against the Flyers. The Lightning took care of the Bruins pretty easily. The Lightning are probably the best team right now. In the West, you got Vegas is in a tough series with Vancouver. They're up 3-2. I think Vegas is going to win that. And then we're going to have a great game seven between two very good teams, Dallas and Colorado, which are very evenly matched. Right now, my prediction, I am going to – Are Mike Madonna or Patrick Waugh still playing for either of those teams? No, but Patrick Waugh coached the uh, Avalanche for a little while, and oh, okay. he did great. But he's such an intense guy. He only lasted like a year or two because he's such a maniac. You know, like he got the – he's kind of like that uh, Kirk Gibson managed for a little while. And, and you know, intense guys – you get your team really good, and then, like, after, like, two years, the players kind of zone you out because you're, you're too rigid and too strict and too intense. 
So no Mike Madonna. I remember him from the Dallas Stars. No Patrick Waugh. Uh, but I'm going to predict in my two minutes of the NHL, uh, I'm going to go with a Vegas-Tampa Bay series, but I'm rooting for my Islanders. And they've been playing – they've been overachieving, playing great. I have a lot of Islanders – fan friends uh yep. a, a lot of a lot of Mets fans tend to be Islanders fans so that is correct good for the Islanders I you know technically as much of a as little of a hockey fan as I am technically I'm a Ranger fan just because yep. you know Madison Square Garden but I've never I've never had the beef with uh Islanders fans that a lot of my friends did because again oh it was nasty back in the day it was Pop Vince sucks and yeah you know, and, I, again and here's the other thing yeah, you know, like you're a Bill Simmons guy or kind of, yeah. you know, he came up with the Ewing theory, which I don't know if you agree with or not, but and the New York Islanders are experiencing that because John Tavares was their first round draft pick. I mean, he's an awesome player and he was like this, you know, the franchise, not as good as Crosby, but he was up there and then he went to Toronto because he's from there and everybody was like, oh, the franchise is going to fall apart, but they've really rallied as a team. And you're kind of seeing that Ewing theory because they're really playing their best hockey where you thought like they were going to take a major step down. And, you know, now they're uh, contending. Yeah. They're, they're almost there. So, well, uh, I, I will be rooting for those Islanders to make it, but you've got a Vegas Tampa Bay finals and who do you have winning it? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Realistically, they have the best roster. And, and, and this is great for Vegas to have a good hockey team right out of the gate. The yep. Raiders are going to go there. Like, Vegas is becoming a legit sports town. And to the stadium, like, I go to Vegas. I haven't gone, of course, since Corona. But when you go by I don't know if you've been by the stadium. It is a fucking sight to see, let me tell you. Yeah, what, the Raiders stadium, you're saying? Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's just – it looks like a spaceship in fucking Star Wars. Pardon my French. No, have you seen yeah, I, I have. I've seen the outside. It looks, it looks nuts. Yeah. And, so uh, the, the Rams stadium looks pretty good too, but the Raiders, it's just like, it looks like an experience and it sucks that COVID happened because I don't know if people are going to be able to go, but it's like, it's pretty cool to drive by, you know, when, it's a sight to see. When do you see yourself returning to Vegas? When is Maddie Goldberg's return to Vegas? I don't know. My sister like put the kibosh on that. She was like, here are the rules. No casinos. <laughs> I mean, I was starting to spend a lot of time at like Hollywood park and, uh, commerce i was becoming a true degenerate well, you you got me involved i played in i played in one of your uh microwave poker games online. yeah you should get back in it i should i should get back in but what I, I i'm like blown away you guys play poker fucking three times a day i don't play i play poker 50 times a day i'm in a but, zoom tournament every day pretty much it, it's insane how much poker you play well the thing about it is i was making a lot of money because when, when COVID hit, you get all these people that, like, they don't know what to do. So they start playing poker. It's like me with golf. Yeah, so I'm obsessed with it. So, like, you're getting people that play, like, you know, I play, you know, they play once every month. And, like, where they him and a bunch of buddies get some beers yeah. and fucking just fuck around. And they don't really, like, play. So, like, I was dominating for a while and then, you know, people are getting better and now everybody, a lot of people, the bad people have dropped off and now you get only the really good players. So it, I've, I've been uh, doing well, but not as well as I was doing in like uh, May. I was just cleaning up. It was beautiful. So, yeah, well, I got very obsessed with it. 
Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear it's not going as as well as it was. No, it's going but... very well. I, okay. I won. I won that tournament last Saturday. I won eight sixty on forty bucks, and then I finished fourth and third. So I won two sixty, one eighty, and then yesterday I finished seventh. So I didn't make the money. The, it was the top four got paid, but uh, I love it. And, and the Zoom is really fun. The guys are guys are really mean, but. Yeah. Uh, the first time I came on, they started making fun of me, and I went crazy. They said <laughs> I looked like a retarded Mark Gastineau. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, and it got really nasty. Maddie Gastineau. Yeah, so, like, you're not the only guy that picks on me, Mr. Prano. You should tell those guys they're not allowed to say retarded anymore. They've been canceled. Exactly. Well, uh, I, well I was trying to transition into saying that I'm sorry you're not doing as well as you can because you're about to take another L. We're, we're switching to football. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk Cousins, your boy. Yeah. Uh, your boy who, you know, you thought deserved the highest quarterback contract in his I never said time. that. This guy is going to take the, you know, he's going to take the Russian Redskins to the NFC Championship game. He's going to make the yeah. Vikings a contender. Uh, Kirk Cousins with the worst COVID take ever. Kirk Cousins. Worse than, than Aubrey Huff. I mean, Aubrey Huff, but Aubrey Huff's a fucking conservative troll. Kirk Cousins, like, what a dipshit. He's saying, if I die, I die. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to wear a mask, but, like, I will wear a mask just because I don't want to get yelled at. Uh, Like, Kirk Cousins, I mean, I hate to, you know, I hate to shit on Kirk Cousins for more than just being one of the most overrated quarterbacks to ever play the history of the sport. But uh, what a terrible thing to say because what it does is it just makes – he's like, well, you know, I'll pro- I'm probably going to be fine, which is the total worst COVID take because, yeah, Kirk Cousins, you probably will be fucking fine. But the old person or the sick person that you come into contact with that wants a – the idiot that wants a Kirk Cousin autograph, you're going to fucking kill. Well, I'll put this with Ruther because Ruther's dealing with this right now with his father. And I'll, I'll admit, like, you know, I, you get tired of COVID. You're like, it's not that big of a deal. And then you're pissed because you're like, how can we have a fall without Ohio State and Michigan playing football? And you're like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But then when Ruther, Ruther called me yesterday and I'm like, well, what happened? And he's like, you know, an electrician came over and wasn't wearing a mask. My father's, you know, over 70. And you realize, like, yeah, man, this is this is a fucking problem. You know, this is still a very, very dangerous thing. And uh, you know, it, it's look, I'm I'm a guy that like, if you say something, you say something, you just live with it. Like, I don't need Kirk Cousins now. He's like trying to explain himself and yeah. double down. And sometimes these guys are not the brightest, so when they try to double down, they make it worse. And they try to explain themselves, and they say something dumber. So it's just like you said it, whatever, just let's move on. It was very, it was stupid, you know, but you don't need to go back and like, you know, like the whole Drew Brees thing, like him trying to apologize a hundred times, just like whatever, you said it, let's just move the fuck on. Yeah. You know, take take your L. So with Kirk, it's kind of annoying because he's just, He's trying to like explain himself and it's not, it's like, dude, okay, just quit. You're, you're not helping. Just like, 
But there's a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of Americans that are just like, fuck the mask and this is and, and they don't And they don't realize that, yeah, while just like Kirk Cousins, I don't have a ton of fear about dying from Corona, I am going to be respectful that I might come into contact with somebody who is. What's a worse take, Maddie? Uh, Kirk Cousins, COVID take, or your Kirk Cousins take? Probably Kirk Cousins' uh, take <laughs> on Corona. Because I will say about Kirk, he can make the throws. So when there's not a lot of guys that can make all the throws. It's just can you, you know, in a playoff game or in a big game, can you, can you, can you, uh, you know, work fast enough? And I think Cousins is one of those guys that just, he sits in the pocket and he just gets nervous and he just takes a sack and he doesn't make the plays, you know, like he's not, he ain't Brady under fire. He ain't the goat under fire. So yeah. uh, Kirk Cousins was the only, Kirk Cousins was, and this is a thing that I have always been like, you, you, you guys have to give more value to this. The yeah. speed with which people get the ball out is so important because yeah. then it just takes away all these question marks about, oh, your offensive line, his offensive line is bad. No. Russell Wilson's offensive line is bad. The Vikings' offensive line is bad. When you, got, when you have a great rushing offense, your offensive line is not bad. That's just the bottom line. You're not, you don't have a bad offensive line if you're leading the league in rushing, if you're a top-five rushing team. Your yeah. offensive line isn't bad. Kirk Cousins is the only player in the NFL last year, or the only player of any quarterback who from snap to pass was over three seconds. And, and the thing about it too is like, I will say this because Peyton Manning did kind of invent the style of playing quarterback where he knew where the ball was going to go before it was snapped. He had the matchup. Like he knew the wide receiver that was going to be guarded by a linebacker. And like the game was won at the line of scrimmage before he even said hike. And, and that's why you can't really blame the offensive line. And that's why like, when I watched Kirk Cousins play the 49ers in the playoffs, 49ers are a better team, but, God, he was awful. Yeah. He just sat there, and he just, just like, he just self-destructed where you're just like, this guy's melting out there, and I will take the L that he's, he, you know, it's sad because sometimes, like, I remember with the NBA, they used to be like, you can't teach size. So you can't really, you know, when you got a guy that can make all the throws, it's exciting, but if he can't play – what does it matter? Yeah. And I don't think Kirk Cousins has the athleticism or like the thing, the game, like just, just the freak ability to overcome the fact that he's not also great at the line or quick, yeah. out, of the, quick out of the pot. It's like, it's one people go, Oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't get rid of the ball very fast. Like Deshaun Watson is a freak. Well, he also, Deshaun Watson makes plays. Yeah. Like he's, he, you think he's down. He'll make, he'll throw, he'll like he's sacked and he'll throw a 35 yard, perfect pass I mean it's sad with Deshaun because like I do agree I don't know how good of a coach Bill O'Brien is and you know losing um he's terrible Hopkins. coach that's how good a coach he is he's you know you're terrible. gonna waste a guy that like you know he you know Mahomes is the best right now in my opinion and and he, he played you know he played great in the playoffs against them I mean they just couldn't they just couldn't keep up with the Chiefs offense but yeah you know, Watson is a is a is is a very very good quarterback, and now you're like, oh, is he going to be on a bad team? Right. I and think he, I, th I think I think he is probably because I think 
I think O'Brien's bad and they're, they, they lose Hopkins. I just think that they're, and why, oh, like, when's Watt been healthy? Did I ever tell you who my neighbor is that I just figured out that lives no. like three houses from me? I can't wait to hear this. Why? Well, it's crazy. So right about three houses away, my neighbor is, uh, fuck, Bum Phillips' granddaughter. Okay. So Wayne Phillips' daughter lives like, I just realized it. Somebody his daughter or his granddaughter? His daughter, well, Bum Phillips' granddaughter. Wayne right, right. Phillips Wayne daughter. Phillips' daughter. Okay. Yeah. So she was in a video of uh, My Chemical Romance. She tried to be an actress for a little while. Okay. Oh, so Ky- lives- Kyle Aronofsky just came in his black underwear, the sad emo yeah, yeah. My Chemical yeah. Romance. Kyle yeah. Aronofsky is about to fly to your house with red fucking him. red yeah. hair dye on. And it's amazing. I never got that band, and people fucking love them. I mean, they they came a little generation after. Yeah, they're. they're, they're yeah, you're the kind of guy who would have liked them if you were younger. You sit in your bedroom, you cry, yeah. you fucking, you know. You know, you slit your wrist and. Yeah, pretend. exactly. It's for kids who cut their upper thigh with like a razor yeah. blade, you know. Like when I was in high school, we went through a cutting phase. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she lives across the street. A lot of black flowers on your notebooks, you know. Yes, yeah, so she's really hot. I always want to be like, I'm a big fan. You're gr- I love Bump Phillips. Like all, all his clips are pretty funny. And then across the street is uh, Andy Reid grew up like literally 20 feet from me. His childhood home is like on my, is like right off that circle that I live on. That's incredible. So that's pretty wild too. It's going to be a sad to leave that neighborhood. So much football history there. I know. And it's, it's like the, 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 there's two gay guys that live in Andy Reid's house and uh, you know, I don't think they know. I, I know a weird guy, but I think about like the dumps that Andy Reid took as a kid, and I was like, he probably took like massive poops in, in the toilet. That should be a dirty sport. That should be a dirty sports video. You going to interview those two gay guys about Andy Reid, what they know about Andy Reid, what they don't. Well, I was there's an article in the uh, ESPN right before the Super Bowl about Andy Reid, and he was talking about like that street, that hill that like I live on now, they used to like shoot like water balloons and all this shit. And I was like, yeah, that's where I live. So I don't know. That, just, just proud of that. But now you're uh, moving for, for NFL purposes, you're moving to Steve Atwater village. Yeah. I'm moving and uh, it'll be nice. I, I have the coolest bed. I'll take a picture of my bed. It's a total uh, like bachelor pad. Well, Maddie, we're going to wrap up here pretty quick, but I want to run through a couple things really fast before we go. Uh, yep. Josh, Josh Gordon signed once again by the Seahawks. Does this matter at all? Will he be, will he even be a factor? I once keep again. every, every time, every time the Seahawks get a receiver, Jimmy Graham, you know, Gordon, yep. everybody, this is, this is the help Russell needs. This is what's going to yep. Gordon caught like 11 balls last year in five games. Like, he wasn't very good. What uh, What do you think about Gordon back well, to the Seahawks? As, as a gambling man, uh, um, sorry, my mom's driving me nuts. As a gambling man, I would say, will he make the full season? Right. I can't remember a time he's ever made a full season. I don't think he's probably lost a step, which sucks. And I, and I just want to say about Josh Gordon, because everybody gives him a hard time. I think he's just got one of those personalities where I don't think he does drugs to party. I think he, he's just got extreme anxiety and he can't, 
he has trouble functioning. Like he has trouble with pressure and the lifestyle. And I think he, it calms him down. Yeah. So it's like a thing where you can't get mad. Yeah. I mean, I take weed every night to, to, to ease the pain of life, you know, and, and zone out. And I think he's the same way. So it's like people just get on him for like, Oh, he fucked up his life. He just wants to party. It's like, no, he has extreme anxiety. You know, he, he's got mental issues that, he probably can't really control and it sucks because he also has, you know, tremendous skills and as an athlete, but unfortunately it's probably, he's not, he doesn't probably have the same steps he had when he was on Cleveland or something like that. Well, I hope for his sake, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a pro weed guy and obviously the yeah. NFL, the NFL is trying to like chill out their punishment of it, but for his sake, just to get through a season, Maybe he should just skip the weed, listen to some My Chemical Romance, cut his thigh with a razor blade, and yeah. you know, embrace the Seattle vibes and try to get through a full year. Your Pats cut Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, it's weird. I, I loved him. You know, I always thought he was a good receiver, and he just kind of didn't really fit in last year. And he was kind of like a disappointment. And uh, who – who, a receiver got traded last year that was awesome. I forgot who it was. Who am I thinking about that really made a big impact, like during uh, the trade deadline? For for uh, for your Pats? No, no, not for the Pats because I'm like they got the wrong player because I forget. Oh, oh, right. There was a wide receiver that was traded at the trade deadline that really uh, helped the team. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. And oh, then okay. I just felt like Sanu. I was really excited about, and then I don't know. It just didn't really work out, and. I really believe – I don't think the Pats really mind tanking this season. So, to get rid of any sort of salary is totally fine with them. And uh, I, I totally see them not just not really being a factor, to be honest, you know, because it's like what's – you know, they, they'll do something crazy, like try to get the kid from Clemson. Yeah. You know? I, I, I'll be interested to see because I, I still haven't bought in on the idea. I just think Belichick's too proud. He wants to prove – he can do without Brady. I haven't bought in on the idea of him tanking, so it'll be interesting to see. I think we will we'll know pretty quickly one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of things I want to talk about, you wanted to add it to the rundown. They're opening a sports book at Wrigley yeah. Field. That is so bizarre, but it's so awesome. Does the day a sports book open at Wrigley Field have to be the day that they reinstate Pete Rose to baseball? It looks like it. You know, I have funny because I talked to this guy that bets on – baseball and he's a big reds fan and he bets on the reds every day no matter what and i say to him i'm like you're such a fucking degenerate pete rose said he didn't even bet on the Reds. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean look i know ruther I, he wants pete rose back I, I you know time has passed by the guy was mr baseball uh you know gambling is just you have to accept it like these leagues are realizing like we bring in more people watching from fantasy and gambling. We have to embrace it now. We can't look at it as a black guy. They were always afraid to have teams in Vegas. You got two teams now that are going to be hugely supported. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just part of things. And I love gambling, and uh, I'm a proud gambler. Gambling and weed, man. They need to just let it be. Exactly. Last thing before we go, we don't have to say too much on it. Just rest in peace, Tom Seaver, greatest med of all time. The only Tom terrific that there ever was, that there ever will be. 
once and for all, let's retire calling anybody else in the entire world Tom Terrific, the Tom Terrific, Mr. Matt, like the, the, the heart and soul of the Mets organization for a long time, the guy whose number was retired first by the Mets. I mean, you remember t- watching Tom Seaver play, right? Of course, and he's a fantastic pitcher. A little fun fact, I think he was on the 86 Red Sox. He was on the 86 Red Sox. And, uh, you know, I also, you know, growing up in New York, he was great with uh, Phil Rizzuto doing Yankees games. They had a great – you know, Tom was pretty straightforward, and Phil was like a maniac. If you you young kids, go listen to Phil Rizzuto on YouTube. He was very funny as a Yankees announcer. and, yeah, Tom Seaver was one of the best. And, you know, one of my memories as a kid, I somehow got the 1983 program for the Mets, and he came back. Right, came so back he, at the end, yeah. I think he pitched from, like, 67 to, like, 77 and then went to the Reds, and he pitched a no-hitter for the Reds. Yep. Right there, and then he came back to the Mets, more of, like, just, like, kind of a swan song. And then I think he went to the White Sox and the Red Sox. But, yeah, he's one of the greats. and. Time flies, man, because I remember he was, like, doing games, announcing he was, like, 40, and before you know it, he's 75, and, I mean, I remember going to – I went to a lot of Mets opening day. I, it's funny. We didn't know each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was We've always there. We were, both, we were both at the first ever Rockies game. Yep. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Seaver, you know, uh, just a, a, an incredible pitcher. Guys – if, if you're a baseball fan, go down to Tom Seaver wormhole today. Uh, Ron Darling tells a great, told a great story that's been going around on Twitter about finding just a, a bureau full of loose baseballs, and it turns out it was his 61 shutout games. Those are all his yeah. baseballs. Uh, Keith Hernandez regularly on the Mets broadcast will talk about the time that uh, he goes out and he faces um, Seaver when he was with the Reds, and Seaver doesn't have his best stuff. And he knows he doesn't have his best stuff. The fastball's not quite there that day. But so he's going to all his other pitches. And, you know, he's, he's, he's working around the fact that he doesn't have his good fastball. And that's the day that he throws a no-hitter. And uh, I think it was against the Mets, right? And, uh, Maddie, you, your mom's saying goodbye. He's mad at me. We'll say, we'll say goodbye to you, Maddie. You got anything you want to plug before we let you go? No, just uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram at Matty Goldberg, and I just wish the best for Andy Ruther's father. Hopefully he pulls through, and we're thinking about the Ruther family right now, and much love. And thank you, Joe. I had a lot of fun with you. It was really fun to catch up because it's been a while. I hope you get back in the poker league. Yeah, I'll be back soon. Maddie, everybody follow Maddie. Follow me on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow Ruther. Rate, review, subscribe to the show. Drink some Miller Lite. Do all the things. Maddie, great to have you on. We'll talk Thank to you Thank you, man. I'm going to run so my mom doesn't kill me. All right. Bye, Maddie. Bye. Guys, that's the show. Uh, like I said, do all the things. Follow everybody. Rate, review, and subscribe. Venmo, Miller Lite, do all the things. Send Maddie some messages. Send Ruther some messages. Thanks for listening. Rest in peace, Tom Seaver, and stay dirty.